0: Good morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective. Brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Democratic Perspective. Steve Williamson here. Sydney across from me is? Karen McClelland. And um, I guess we wanted to start off, we always thank uh, Democrats of the Red Rocks and um, the Avapai County Party. Uh, in fact, we're going to have folks over from the Avapai County Party uh, from Prescott next week, and they'll be talking about rural initiatives and uh, other uh, important local issues um, we want to also thank generally everybody and we're going to be thanking people in person because we had a really successful fundraiser. So the wolf is no longer at the door. The, the, we're no longer about to uh, run out of money and, and, and have to just go on the internet. So, uh, we're very, very pleased. We really want to thank, I guess the way to put it is that, um, a good core of of uh, Sedona and Democrats really turned out for the fundraiser Karen and they really stepped up economically to sort of uh, contribute.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, good event and some you know, a lot of really generous supporters so we want to thank everybody who came last week and yeah.
0: And we got to, we got to talk about, it, and I think it was really, it was sort of a strange idea, but I had the idea of, uh, since we don't really have public meetings, we're a radio show, we're not a membership organization, of combining memories of Dick Cyril and, and Klaus van Studerheim, two of our strongest supporters who, who died last year and so we uh, were able to have a sort of memorial service for both Dick and for Klaus and people uh, spoke about them uh, gosh Dick had been around for 20 years he had helped everybody who was ever running as a democrat in Sedona the county um, in the early days uh, back in like 2004 and 5 um ban such as it existed, was such a terrible mess. And Dick and I worked hard with state officials to try to get vans so that it was more effective yeah, sure. so we weren't dialing all those dead numbers. Yeah. Uh, so um we got to talk about both of them, and I think that that was really good. Uh, Klaus was a big part of this show. He um started out, got uh then... Uh, pancreatic cancer presented itself and he disappeared for four or five months I see that I when I look through the email that before that we were emailing every day and then he disappeared from February to June and then he came back slowly and uh, he did so much for democratic perspective in every way I can think from technical stuff to coming up with uh, uh, speakers and and um so forth and so on and what else did a lot of technical stuff. We were still trying to figure out how he did all these things. <laughs> uh, alright, so Karen, you want to introduce our, our guest for today? Anyway, we do want to well, thank- Well, you can introduce folks. them. you know, here. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. You've got more information we, than I do on that one. <laughs> we have Max Richmond again. Max, are you there? I'm here, yeah. Uh, Fine. Max, Max is, uh, what is your title? I don't have my notes. My Internet was out all week.
2: I am the president and CEO of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare.
0: And, and Max is in the running for our most frequent guest. Because when the show started in, in, in 2011, some of our first shows, and back then it was 15 minutes long, not 45 minutes long. We're about Social Security because uh, George Bush and crew were trying to privatize Social Security back then. And, Max, I, right. I hear we've got somebody in Arizona who wants to privatize Social Security now.
2: Well, we, we've heard the same. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Jim Lamont, if I'm cor- saying it correctly, Who's uh, who's running for the Republican nomination for Senate. Uh, in your state and from what I've been reading, some background on it, he's, he's, uh, he's going back to the President Bush's, uh, game plan on Social Security and that is to privatize it. That's a huge mistake. Uh, I think President Bush learned that lesson back then. And we, you know, we, we were in our conference room when President Bush was, uh, reelected. In uh, 2004, and we are watching him make his statement the day after he was reelected. And he came to the podium and said, "I have earned political capital. I'm going to use it to privatize Social Security." Well, you can imagine the staff; we just about fell out of our chairs. We knew this was going to be a huge battle, it being the top priority uh, the day after the election for pre- re-election of President Bush. So. You know, he embarked on uh, uh, town hall meetings. Uh, he he referred to it as thirty thirty meetings in thirty days. Traveled all over the country promoting his plan to essentially uh, get rid of Social Security as we know it and let people invest their money on their own. And and he made that case. We we followed him physically when we could. Of course, we didn't have the luxury of Air Force One, so we were getting uh, all over the, going all, I remember getting to South Dakota just barely in time to attend a meeting to uh, counter his meeting. But we we did our best, We and sometimes we did it through the media. And uh, he did have his 30 town hall meetings in 30 days, and the, the plan collapsed, could not even get a vote. And I believe it was the house was controlled uh, by a majority of Republicans at that time because most people in the Congress knew this was a bad idea and uh, wanted to create as much distance as they could uh, from President so and uh, and it just collapsed. So you know, it's astounding to me that that anybody running for federal office would go back to this uh, tired idea and and promote it uh you know if you've watched uh, the, uh, the stock market in the last uh, couple of weeks or a month or so if you had your social security in the stock market you'd be suffering right now and with social security it, it's as it as the name states it's secure People get their monthly check when they qualify for benefits. They get a COLA. And many times it's not sufficient, in our opinion, to keep up with inflation. But it's it's been there for all these years, uh, for you know, over 85 years. And, and, and people who have, are beneficiaries get paid in full on time. And I'm hoping that... Uh, There'll be some discussion in, in in debates about his proposal, and, and I think it's going to uh, face the same fate uh, as uh, President Bush's did back in back in uh, the early uh, 2000s.
1: And of course, he's not the only one. Now, on the national level, we have got Senator Scott from Florida, who's the head of the what, what do they call the the Senate committee to reelect Republicans to the Senate. As, you know, since the Republican Party didn't pass a platform in in 2000, he's come out with his 12 point or 14 point plan of what Republicans could do, which also includes taking a look and changing secure Social Security, changing Medicare. You know, so there's a lot of other national Republicans coming out Absolutely. with the idea that we that they need to do something about it because it's broken, it needs to be fixed, it's not working. I don't know what their reasons are, but none of which are make sense to those of us like me who that's the that's the biggest check I get every month is my Social Security yeah. check.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, we have followed Senator Scott's uh, uh, plan. In fact, I have an op-ed in the Miami Herald. It was in, on online last week. I think it's going to be in print today or tomorrow. Uh, uh, challenging his, his plan. His plan is, in some ways, even worse than privatization, although that's pretty bad. Uh, what he is proposing... Is uh, that Social Security and Medicare, the law that created them, be su- be subject to sunset provisions? Uh, er- I think it's every five years. What does that mean? It means the Congress, the programs would end unless Congress renewed them and and uh, did that in in a way that didn't uh, affect uh, benefits. That is unlikely. You, you know, you you have watched the dysfunction in the congress so hard to get anything done just imagine if the congress had to reauthorize the social security and medicare program and not just not just uh, fix it but start start all over again we're going to we're going to if we don't reauthorize it it will end this is one of the worst ideas that's come along in quite a while and yes he's one senator happens to be from a state with a lot of social security beneficiaries just as in your state and he's not only representing a a state with so many uh... seniors but he is as you pointed out uh, very accurately he's chairs the republican uh... senate campaign committee so he is out there trying to reelect incumbents that are running uh, elect challengers uh, uh... that are running and those uh, those candidates, when they if they win, you can be sure they're going to be beholden to the senator that has raised all this money for them and promoted their campaigns. So this isn't just uh, uh, a a backbench uh, backbencher, if you will. This is um, a senator who's uh, who's in the leadership in the U.S. Senate, and is is uh, the one responsible for electing and reelecting. Uh, uh, Republicans to the U.S. Senate.
0: He's so, positioning uh, himself. It looks you know, like. I, th- to I be think his
2: idea, uh, once people understand what sunsetting means and the impact it could have on Social Security and Medicare, I think there's going to be a, a, a strong reaction against his, his proposal and, uh, anybody else, uh, against anybody else who is, who is, uh, Looking favorably on it. Now, to your, to your question, you raised the point about uh, fixing Social Security. Yes, we need to improve Social Security. And there are proposals in the Congress uh, that would do just that, that would improve the minimum benefit, have a more accurate inflation adjustment, a COLA, and uh, many, many other improvements in the program, and, uh, and extend the life, the solvency of the program, uh And it does it in a way that brings more revenue into Social Security in a a fair and responsible way. And if you like, we can get into how that would work.
1: Well, some of that just on the language is, you know, from the Republican side, not just on Social Security, but on other issues. I'm a school board member. They talk about schools. It's the rhetoric that something is broken and we need to fix it. It's never we need to improve it. It's okay, but right. we need to – it's always – it's broken. There's something wrong with it, which, you know, which is a completely different thing that gets into the minds, minds of the voters. You know, the system isn't broken. It may not be the best. It may need to be improved, but there's a big difference between saying we need to improve the system and it's broken.
0: Yeah, and also, and, Congress is broken. You Congress know. is broken. But- <laughs> Congress is really dysfunctional. Yeah. And the fact that they get, every five years would have to get together to reestablish Social Security as a uh, program is just the most terrible idea ever because they can hardly do anything without a big fight. Well, and it would give yeah. leverage to uh, people on the extreme right to hold out and, and, uh, Actually, it could hold hostage some of the legislation if it wasn 't presented carefully so it's it 's a, it's a terrible idea I think that, you know Senator Scott is positioning himself to run for president getting more and more extreme and I think that 's what you 're seeing when you 're talking about our local senate and and uh, and gubernatorial um, uh, candidates from the Republican side in in Arizona, you have guys who and, and Lemon is uh, he's self uh, funded, mm-hmm. right? Karen? So. I'm
1: pretty sure he's a he's a b- wealthy businessman of some kind. I don't know much about him. There's Never so been many, in
0: politics. Yeah,
1: there's so many Republicans running on some of these races in Arizona that none of them quite you know seem yet to have really risen to prominence, except for those who say the most extreme things and get all the media attention.
0: I did see one of his ads, and I think he in emphasize the border, stuff like that. But uh, the thing is, Max, is out here they're trying to outdo themselves in extremeness. And uh, so even uh, Social Security, which since there's almost no pensions anymore – is what really right. everyone depends on, and since our population is older, it seems like an impossibility that they would oppose social security and If you remember folks the bush's idea was you'll make so much more money if you invest your own money rather than have it in this conservative program that you know and that was the argument. but as you said about the um stock market goes up and down, and if you need your right. money and it's down you're Screwed. I guess right. is a tight technical and, term. and
2: you know, when you, when you do retire, uh, where's the market going to be? Is it going to be where it is it has been in the last few days, or is it going to be uh, where it was at the beginning of the year? You don't know. Well, just and l- the beauty, l- the real beauty about Social Security is it's steady, it's constant. It's been it's been as I said paying beneficiaries for over eighty five years in full on time. Uh, and it has a built-in uh, inflation adjustment, a COLA, and it, it, that needs to be improved. But it's at least you don't have that. You don't have anything, any protection like that in the stock market. And the other thing that I think a lot of people fail to realize is, Social Security is insurance for families. Uh, about a third of Social Security benefits go to non-retired workers, survivors, disabled children i think over 3 million children get by in life uh because social security is there for them in the event they have a, a working parent who who becomes disabled or dies young so this is insurance for families and i try to you know a lot a lot some of the misstatements and rhetoric about program being broke uh they're myths And younger people have uh, lately been buying into those myths. And what I, you know, your listeners, uh, I offer this uh, example. If you are a 28-year-old worker right now with a spouse and two children, you have over $500,000 in value of life and stability insurance because Social Security is there. Never mind what happens when you retire uh, in, in your, in your, in your sixties, you have that right now. So it's, uh, you know, we, we, we hear the term FICA. It stands for Federal Insurance Contribution Act. It funds old age survivor and disability programs. So this is a program that not just seniors, but families, uh, are invested in and should be, uh, should be aware of what candidates are saying. Uh, during these campaigns and how it would impact their uh, security.
0: Yeah, uh, for example, my cousins got support when their father died very young of cancer for years and, until I think they got out of high school. So, yeah, people don't focus on those. Uh, Max, uh, I think it. I, what Paul Krugman calls them zombie ideas. So the idea of privatizing Social Security it was so bad, so terrible. As you said, it never even got a vote. Republicans sure. ran for it like crazy. And yet now we've got a candidate who is part of his major, part of his platform. What well, gives? You, you
2: know, the problem with the zombie ideas is you can't kill the idea. <laughs> it keeps coming back. Yeah. What's happening in your state and and uh, some of the other candidates running, uh, they, they're, they're promoting uh, the idea of privatizing Social Security, sunsetting Social Security and Medicare. So, you know, you, the thing is, I ha- when I meet people and they find out what I do, all, invariably, whether it's a candidate or uh, an individual that I meet professionally, uh, the, the response is, oh, I'm for that. I'm for Social Security. But what does that mean? Uh, you know, you can say that and you can be for what Senator Scott of Florida is talking about. You can be for privatization and you can you can say, well, I'm for it. No, if you if you are uh, undermining the program uh, in the ways that Senator Scott would propose or your candidate out there for the Republican nomination, you're not you're not really for it. You 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 may want people to believe that you're for it, but you're for undermining the program, undermining the security that has provided uh, families for all of these decades.
1: And so many of these things, like I said, the the language, the you know the use of you know, your Social Security and your Medicare are entitlements. You know, there's somehow you you they're unearned things you got, and people don't realize. Yeah, you know, you're working. You paid every month out of your paycheck. You paid in. To Social Security, you paid into Medicare just like you pay for your your car insurance. You know, the, right. people don't think of it as as insurance. It's become well, this is entitlement. The government will give this to you when you reach the age of sixty-two, regardless of what you did. And we all you know, that's not true. There's a certain minimum amount you're going to get, but you really have paid into that your whole working life, the same right. way you, you buy other you things. You
2: raise such a good point. Yeah. Uh, I get so tired of hearing people talk about entitlements and, and how Social Security is an entitlement couldn't be further from the truth. You know, welfare is one thing uh, where you receive a benefit because of the situation you're in um, financially and economically. That's not true. You described it absolutely perfectly. It's an earned benefit. You you pay into the program uh, while you're working. And you're buying that security for your family, for uh, as I said, life and disability insurance, for retirement protection. This could, this is, in in no way, shape, or form, an entitlement. And and really, when people talk about it as entitlement, they're trying to disparage it. Yep. You know that. Uh, it's a it's a, try to uh, characterize it as a government handout. That's not
1: true. Well the same way with using the word broken. They're all meant to make the, the listener to, to the politician who doesn't know all the details think that That's there's right. something That's wrong. Right. They whether they say that, hey this is a good, strong program, it needs it needs some tweaks, it needs to have some people look at long term. If you're issues.
0: broken if you say it's broken you scare people, one. Yeah. Yeah. And two, right. you right. you you say that basically something has to be done. Don't think too carefully about what our proposal is. You know? Um it's it's hard to deal with these sort of uh, zombie ideas. And the other thing, Max, at least out here in, in, in Arizona, Social Security is basically going to be the largest part of incomes of almost everybody we know who is going to retire. And there are almost no pensions or none of the old-fashioned uh, benefit pensions. There are these investment programs. Um all of this goes on and on and on and yet there's all this anti-government feeling when in fact it's the government and a government program that's providing people the security. Medicare and Social Security provide security and opportunity to live your life better. And yet it seems like out here mm, the government gets no credit for having established these programs which are the, the biggest helping programs that we've got and the
1: people you we hear uh, are you know our rich senators and would-be senators who have a short memory you know they've forgotten even 2008 2009 when the headlines in the papers were you know everybody's 401ks went from something to nothing and, right. you know, and there's lots of people in you know various kinds of we've got 401ks you know, they're not just the, for the wealthy. But they went from something to nothing. And the only people who can sort of look back on the ups and down the stock market and and you know not feel scared because lots of people lost huge amounts of actual cash value in their retirement at that point. And it, it, if you were getting ready to retire, it didn't come back. You know, you can't.
0: You know, the other thing is you even you can't if wait another
1: 20 years for the stock market to peak again. Even
0: if you're lucky, Karen. Yeah. Even if you're really lucky. It's 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 like going to a casino with your money. It's not as bad as a casino, but that's what it's like. And so you might win and you might lose. This is no way to 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 protect your retirement and and uh, protect your medical care in your old age or or um, in the event of death in the family, the the bread earners, as we used to call them. Um, I think that's that's the thing is you know win or lose up and down that's not what you really want in a retirement program. And that's, you want something like Max is describing.
1: And of course, what was the uh, the phrase for years and years when things would come up sort of pre-Bush was this was the third rail. You know, nobody Republican or Democrat would really talk about major changes to Social Security because they knew that would would doom their chances for re-election automatically. It didn't matter what what party their voters were. You know, if you those Republican voters in Florida were not going to reelect you if you were going to hurt their Social Security. So it didn't really matter. Now people now seem to ignore different.
0: it. Yeah. It's so, there's so polarization, they don't almost even care how much damage you're going to do them personally. Or maybe they don't really believe you're going to do it. You run against Social Security and you're going to, it's broken, you're going to repair it. And that's impossible for a governor or a senator <laughs> to do anyway. But... I don't know. I think that, I think that there's, uh, in the Republican party now is, is this extremism and you're trying to outdo the other guy. And I don't, I don't think a lot of the voters listen to what we're, they don't really believe you're going to do this terrible stuff that you <laughs> say you're going to do. Uh, what do you think, Max?
2: Well, whether they believe it or not, uh, it's a serious, uh, it's a serious threat when you have uh, leading uh, uh, members of Congress uh, uh, developing these uh, these ideas that that could lead to the demise of, of these programs and and you you know you're absolutely right there's some uh, it, there's a lot of scare tactics going on uh, when it comes to the Social Security debate and and uh, and misunderstandings and myths as I said and and when when uh, when uh the idea is offered that the program is bankrupt well first of all it's the it, it, social security could never be bankrupt as the only way it could be bankrupt is if we had 100% empl- unemployment and nobody was working nobody was paying into the program obviously that's not going to happen but there you know what what we need to do is have a serious discussion about the long-range solvency of the program. There's no question, uh, without any changes in law, the trustees of Social Security put out a, a, a report every spring, uh, and for the last number of years, we've been hearing that in 2034, 2035, it changes you know, it goes back and forth a little. The program will not be able to pay full benefits going forward. we only able to pay about 80% or 78% of people uh, should be receiving.
0: And that is a
2: serious problem. That's what uh, candidates and members of Congress ought to be talking about. How do we address that? And uh, I mentioned at the top of your program, one way that has been proposed is legislation. It's called the Social Security 2100 Act. It's in the House of Representatives. Uh, it has uh, over 200 co-sponsors, being led by the chair, chairman of that of uh, Social Security subcommittee, Congressman John Larson of Connecticut. So, how, how does he approach this? Well, he would he would bring more fairness into the way the revenue is raised. Right now, as I'm sure you know, there's a cap on wages subject to the payroll tax. It goes up a little bit every year. It's about $147,000 a year in wages this year. After that, no more payroll tax. Why? Uh, we would propose eliminating that cap. Politically, that's probably not realistic. So what the Larson plan does is it keeps the cap what it is, and as I said, it changes a little every year, but starts uh, collecting payroll taxes on those uh, earning over $400,000 a year in wages, which, by the way, is consistent with President Biden's pledge not to raise taxes on anyone earning under $400,000 a year. That brings in enough revenue uh, to extend the solvency beyond that 2034 date and also improve the minimum benefits uh have a more uh, accurate cost of living adjustment a formula that is tracking inflation as it affects a senior which is not what has been happening with the current calculation for the cola it makes another uh, a number of other uh improvements to the program so uh but I've testified times on that legislation in the House Ways and Means Committee and understanding that once uh uh, the Congress's the House is in recess this week. When they come back, they're going to try to get that <clears throat> legislation uh, out of the Ways and Means Committee and up for a vote before uh, before the full House of Representatives. You know, one, <clears throat> one way, a, a lot of people don't even know there's a cap on wages um, subject to the payroll tax because they've never made that kind of money, and they right. assume incorrectly – that you pay wages on, on, on your, I mean, you pay taxes, payroll taxes on your earnings. And that's, it, it's true up to a point. And I, here's an example. I've used a few examples to, they're kind of jarring, uh, to explain how unfair this is. There is a very famous basketball player and I, I, In the past, I I named him, and I got into a little trouble over that. But he makes so much money. Get this. He makes so much money. He stops paying Social Security payroll tax, FICA tax, halfway through through the first quarter of the first game of the basketball season. After that quarter, uh, the game, the season, the playoffs, the championship,
0: no more payroll
2: tax. That that doesn't seem very fair, I think, to most people. And I, I bet you that this very wealthy basketball player, he'd be okay with paying payroll taxes at least through the through the first quarter. Or they the don't game. think he'd
0: even notice that. <laughs> uh, I, think,
2: I think a lot of people, uh, when they understand um, how you can bring more money into the program and actually fix it, not destroy it, but actually fix it in the long run, they'd be okay with
0: that. Let me go back to your point, which I think is a very good one. People literally do not know that there's a a cap on contributions to Social Security. They really assume that everybody is paying payroll tax. The same percentage. same percentage all the way up. They really don't know that there's a cap. I I think if you polled people, I think you'd find one in 10 that even knew it, maybe one in 20. I mean – People, the problem is, you know, I don't want everybody to turn into a wonk and study <laughs> Social Security like you do, Max. You know, I don't want anybody to do all that hard work. But uh, the lack of knowledge of the basics of the program, um, I don't know what we do. We need just basic explanations of that it's an insurance program. It's been around for 85 years. It's not going to go bankrupt in, in and uh, last time I heard it was 2036, but that keeps changing. All you have to do is change this one thing, the cap. And and you've, and you've save Social Security for probably the rest of the century. And I, I, people just don't know how it works. Um, and they don't know what. They don't have any longer. It's 85 years. Nobody has a feel for what happened to families before Social Security existed. So they have no idea unless they're grandparents have told them what happens. You know, the husband dies, then the wife's thrown into poverty for the and, and kids for the rest of their lives. You know, I, I don't think people really know why the motivation for putting Social Security in. It wasn't like yeah. being generous. It was trying to save people and save yeah. the country.
2: You know, fortunately, there are media folks like you who are – doing everything you can to educate the public uh we're doing that i i i appear before uh, audiences all the time uh and, and and try to you know one thing i've do, i've been doing is uh, trying to uh, attend and of course the pandemic has stopped that for the last couple of years but hold town hall meetings uh, with members of Congress in their districts. And here's a, I thought this was a very telling uh, event. I did a town hall meeting with a young congressman. Uh, he's probably mid-30s. He looks 10 years younger. Uh, in his district uh, in Pennsylvania, and his district includes Temple University. We did it at the university. A lot of younger people came, as well as older people, and uh, it was so uh, apparent that uh, it was a revelation to them that the program uh, can be fixed in some of the ways we've just been talking about, and even more so that it's there for them right now, the, and and it, while they before they reach retirement age for for security for their families for their survivors uh, in, in the event they die young or become disabled. So. Um, I think when younger people who are running for Congress, and there are plenty of them, and, and members of Congress uh, can talk about this, I think they, their message will receive a, a, a better response uh, with younger people. And that's really, you know, you mentioned that people don't know what, what was going on before Social Security unless you talk to your grandparents. Uh, you know, it's, it's younger people who are really the most skeptical, uh, who think it won't be, I mean, I've heard this so many times. It won't be there when I retire. More people, uh, younger people surveys have shown that more younger people believe they'll see a UFO than to ever get a social security check. And nothing could be further from the truth. And, uh, there, there are, uh, proposals to Fix the program so it goes beyond 2034 or 36. As I said, you're right. The date changes based on what's happening in the economy. And, uh, but the, the, the wrong approach is the, what Senator Scott has been talking about, uh, sunsetting these programs, privatizing. You mentioned, uh, the 401k issue. Back in 2008, I started talking about we have a 401k for our staff, and I started referring to it as my 201k because I lost about half the value. And if that happens, uh, the average Social Security benefit is about 50, a little over $1,500 a month, the average, and if all of a sudden uh, you retire and instead of, Fifteen hundred dollars a month. You're getting about seven seven hundred and fifty dollars a month. You're going to be in a world of trouble. There's so this
0: fracture let's, between. Uh,
2: let's talk, talk about what I tell members of Congress and candidates is talk about how we can fix this, not demoralize uh, uh, people about the future of Social Security.
0: There's this break uh, fracture between the what the program does and how much it helps people and all this negative propaganda against it. And what you were talking about, I've heard it. I'm sure Karen have I had young people say to me, well, I don't care about social security. It's not going to be there when I and when I try to argue with them, they're absolutely convinced that that the program's just going to go away, and it's just taking their money and it it'll, it it gives money to older guys like us and but it's, it's But not, the
1: those those people who believe that aren't acting like they really believe it because they're not suddenly putting away no. 10% of their own income into something, like leaving aside the volatility of other things that an average person invests in. You know, but these people who say it won't be there, they aren't, you know, at the same time, somewhere deep in their soul, they think it still is going to be there because they're not going out to provide an alternate right. source of income. They're not at the age of 30 thinking about providing for retirement. And I th- and we have out here in the West, with the sort of libertarian background, I'm sure you remember Things in 2010 12, the rise of the Tea Party, and people signed oh, yeah. that said, Get your government hands off my Medicare. Yeah, <laughs> where people, right, exactly. a lot of people think that Medicare right. and Social Security somehow they come from out there somewhere, maybe God instituted them, but that's not, it's not the government that provides that to you, it's something else, and they don't put the two things together that say that, you know, if you rail against the government programs, you're including social security and Medicare are the biggest government programs that provide assistance to people. Welfare is a tiny percentage of federal funding versus social security and Medicare.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, I I do remember the the Tea Party revolt back then. Uh, and especially out West, I, there was a, a young congressman named Martin Heinrich, I went out to campaign for him. Uh, he, he, uh, we arrived at a school. There were hundreds of people with signs, just like the one you're saying: "Keep the government out of Medicare." Well, Medicare is the government is a government program, but you know there's been so much misinformation before that and since that uh, that uh, it, it has affected the mindset of uh, of uh, people who are uh, planning. Uh, for their future or maybe are ignoring, uh, planning for their future. But fortunately, uh, we were able to dispel, dispel some of the misunderstanding. Martin Heinrich was elected to the Congress, served a couple terms and then ran for the U.S. Senate and he's a U.S. Senator now. So I do remember that Tea Party revolt and, uh, and, you know, that has not abated and we see it, no. some of that expressed for example, and, in, in uh, we started talking about Senator Tim Scott's, uh, of Florida, his proposal to, uh, and, and these programs every five years and have a debate and figure out what to do. You know, we could easily, um, uh, these, these programs could be easily sidelined in that kind of, in a kind of political environment that we're living in right now. And we don't want that to happen. And I don't think most people want that to happen. Once they understand the impact of some of these ideas.
0: Yeah, it's one thing to have a healthy skepticism about government and what government can do and not do. But this sort of rabid anti-government feeling that we have out West is re- really hurts people, you know, and it carried to its logical conclusion, you'd have no social security, you'd have no Medicare, you'd have no welfare. As, as we, I, I don't think we have the traditional welfare anymore, but you'd have none of these, and the consequences would be absolutely catastrophic and destructive, and turn us into uh, who knows what. But I, it, this this rabid anti-government uh, government can't do anything right very hard. Uh, Max, when you can even show them that what Social Security has done for 85 years, they still have that same attitude, even while they're collecting their checks.
2: You know, I remember you, you just reminded me in, in your discussion there about, uh, I remember listening to President Clinton towards the end of his term, getting close to the year 2000, talk about Building a bridge to the 21st century. And some of the things that you just mentioned, uh, really are tantamount to building a bridge to the 19th century. And, and, and on the other side of that bridge, there's a sign that says, well, now you're on your own and good luck. And I think sometimes I'm not even sure about the good luck part, but you're on your own. And I don't think we want to go back there. Uh, I, I as I said uh, there are the, these programs social Security and Medicare have been very successful Social Security has lifted more people out of poverty than all other federal programs combined it's not perfect the ways it can be improved the way it, the waste revenue can be uh, more fairly uh, collected that was we just talked about with the wage cap about imp- improving it in, these programs is a whole other proposition, than, than really uh, undermining and destroying them. And when I, you know, when, back when I was in high school uh, in the '60s, uh, Social Security uh, would send, and I remember this, would send representatives to high schools to explain what Social Security was, what it did for families. They stopped doing that a long time ago, so they don't have the resources uh, to do that. But Fortunately, the media, your program, and and others are providing a, a forum uh, to get accurate, clear information about these programs uh, to the public. So I uh, thank you for that.
0: We've got one minute left, Max, so I guess I've got to sum up things. We want to thank you for being with us. You're one of our most frequent guess for a good reason because social security is important to everybody out there whatever your age it is important to you and your families and these attacks on social security are are can really damage you if they get out of uh, control uh, next week we have Jay Ruby we'll be talking about rural uh, uh Arizona development and uh progress and the week after we have Miles Taylor who is the author of "Anonymous: the book that told the inside story on the Trump administration now joining another 200 books, but it was he, the first book.: It <laughs> was the first book about an insider, and um, so uh, that should be uh, two really interesting shows. We do want to thank our supporters. I mean, the core Democrats in Sedona turned out to support our program. We deeply appreciate it, and we want to be earn your support. Thank you very much, folks you've been listening to democratic perspective brought to you by the verde valley independent democrats a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the verde valley sedona northern arizona and our nation at large catch us every monday morning after the 8 a.m news right here on am 780 kaz it's beautiful out there folks have a great day